what happens, you know, what makes a family a family? And then what happens when the family is unable to be what it's actually created to be? And so this theme of family and also being who we're created to be, I think are underlying themes in this, in the downstream that every family wrestles with. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith. It is a journey that you have to do on your own. It's not something that we can do the work for you on, but we can come alongside you to challenge you, encourage you, and tell some funny jokes along the way. Mm. But my name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host, and we cannot do the Salty Pastor Podcast without the Salty Pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Peak. Well, uh, happy... Uh... June, June, everybody. Yeah, you're thinking, what is he talking about? I'm talking about June. Yeah, we're into the summer, which it feels a little odd up here in the Pacific Northwest in the wonderful state of Idaho. But we are glad to be with you. Salty Pastor is about helping you grow in your faith and develop your critical thinking skills because, boy, we need wisdom like never before to navigate all this craziness. And I'm really enjoying this series because it's really welding together, you know, our core value of learning to think for yourself, but also the downstream where we live every day. Absolutely. Our new series for the summer at the movies is making a huge splash. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only have we been having a lot of fun, but we're seeing how biblical principles apply to everyday stories that are being told yes. in the movies. There is, this is a really an application of what it means to be an upstream thinker. All of us live in the downstream. Our work, family life, relationships, and entertainment is in the, in downstream, the downstream. But the downstream is where our core values interact with real life it's an upstream thinking where we clarify what those core values are so we understand the foundation of who we are as human beings it's where we clarify what we believe and then we know why we believe it Mm -hmm. so this series really brings both of those things together in a wonderful way yeah yeah well said i really like um you know how movies are stories okay and when you bring together the the visual part of the storytelling, mm-hmm. uh, the score. I think the score has a lot to do with oh the gosh. emotional impact. Don't get of me started on great music. <laughs> great music. You know, you want, you want a good plot. You want good dialogue. You want good acting. You know, a lot of different, you think about it, to make a movie and have it really communicate what you want it. It, it takes all of these different elements. You don't say, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> this is your wheelhouse, isn't it? It takes so many different things to actually pull off great storytelling when you use movies as the medium. And so uh, once, if they do a good job across the board, you find yourself immersed in the experience of that character, right? It resonates with you. It's, it's believable. It's impactful. You, you feel it, you sense it, you think it. And this is why um, uh, it's such a great opportunity to do this series, uh, not only for us to be entertained when we watch movies, but also have fun and allows us to evaluate our own heart in the process. So movies... Uh, entertain us, but it also gives us the opportunity to evaluate our own heart because then we can ask questions like, well, why did that resonate with me so much? Why, why did it have to, uh, uh, impact me that way. Cause sometimes mm. you watch a movie and you go, yeah, I don't know, but then you just watch something and it really resonates with you and you go, why did that movie 
resonate with me like no other movie because it's giving you a window into your own soul. And if you can evaluate or step back for a second and see how a movie impacts you, you can learn a lot about yourself. You can ask yourself, why does this resonate with me? What is it about this character that, that spoke to me and why? And, and I think that this is why movies are not just such a big deal in the human experience, but also offer an opportunity for self-reflection. I agree. I mean, I love um, movies as a whole. And this week, um, we're talking about The Incredibles. The right? Incredibles! Which, it's a classic animation by Pixar, um, yes. which has a great story. I mean, Pixar is known for their storytelling. I mean, they're mm -hmm. one of the best at it. And yeah. that's why Disney bought them up, because they're yeah. so good at it, right? They're good at it, yeah. Um, but one of the things I love the most about The Incredibles is just this overall... Um, humor and like the way it depicts family is not being perfect right yeah, yeah. it's like but it kind of comes around to being able to fix it it's not like you either see in most especially in most movies these days you know disney and pixar are a little different but for the most part you either see a completely perfect family that everything's great or you see a completely busted family that is so unhealthy and toxic that yeah. there's no way you could recover from yeah. it yes and the incredibles just shows kind of like what happens when you live life like in a normal things, family things happen and you get annoyed with your little brother and yes. you know the baby is constantly trying to murder itself yes like, <laughs> okay yeah well that I mean? is true it's like you what do you you say little boys are or suicide machines basically they're yes. constantly trying yes yeah yeah little boys are you spend as a parent most of your time keeping your child from killing themselves when and they're so little I think, I think jack jack <laughs> is a great example of yes. that exact principle that you're trying to share and so i love that aspect and just yeah. i mean obviously the the technological advances in animation when they came out with the incredibles were were amazing but you know yeah. we love superhero movies we love families so this was a great opportunity to fuse yeah. those two together and and expound on what happens and i you know i love it as well and one of the things i thought was really interesting is they took kind of a 60s maybe a, a late 50s 60s vibe and yeah the, they didn't just put it in the yeah they made it that that vibe and they used that style of music you know in the score and then they talked about the family you know so is a nuclear family so i thought all that stuff fit together really really well and i do love the actual process of the story they told the plot i thought was really really good and and these underlying themes really bubbled up mm. you know and so so basically the movie starts off with mr incredible and elastigirl you know um they're superheroes saving all these people and they fall in love and get married but what happens is is uh, when they're saving the city from a bad guy, you know, he blows all these things up and people get tired of their, the their destruction. destruction. And so they outlaw them. They mm. outlaw superheroes uh, from exercising their gifts to help anybody, which I think is interesting. And so now this family uh, has three kids and all three kids are a part of the family, not only because they're born into it, but they also all have their own superpowers. And they're all basically having to hide the fact that they're special and unique. And so I think that these themes of what happens, you know, what makes a family a family, and then what happens when the family is unable to be what it's actually created to be. And so this theme of family and also being who we're created to be, I think are underlying themes in this, in the downstream that every family wrestles with. But the answer to who we are is found in an upstream concept. It's a, it's this real core value. And that is where does our value actually come from? How do we discover our authentic self? 
You see the characters, superheroes fall out of favor with the world. So they go into hiding so that no one knows who they are. and They're not allowed to use their superpowers. However, this really creates a lot of uh, hardship on the family. The, the father gives up basically his passion and meaning in life. He's, you know, in a dead end job. He hates what he does. And you know what I'm saying? He just can't. So, so he's, he's not acting like a father. He's not engaged. He's not initiating. He's not leading. Mom is frustrated because she's trying to create harmony out of chaos. She's trying to keep a good attitude, but she's obviously tired of the constant change. And the kids, of course, because mom and dad are distracted, there's no family mission, there's no family purpose. The kids are in a lot of ways uncontrollable and they're influenced primarily by their environment, you know, and trying to respond to that. And then out of this, you know, this chaos, it's like, what is it that really holds us together as a family? And they've, and I think what's great about it is in the middle part of the movie is that that, that theme comes up and it's really, to me, pretty significant. Mm. So, I mean, I think what I, I see the most in this is really just that you've talked about this multiple times, but not having kind of that goal glue that's holding you together yeah. who are we as a family? family and it's like the the government in this movie has basically dictated that they can't be who they're supposed to be and Correct. so we see the destruction that happens when you don't have a unifying goal of this is who we are as a family a family right and you know i i see that in so many i mean i grew up in a divorced family and it's mm -hmm. like that took time for us to adjust and even and I don't know that we ever really refound that it mm -hmm. was really hard on my family because my mom was doing her best but she was just trying to make ends meet like there yeah. wasn't a way she didn't have someone to help support her and and figure out you know what are we doing what are we striving to it was more of like a day-to-day -day survival and so I think that made it really hard on us sometimes and we see that play out in this movie as well where it's like mm -hmm. when you don't have a goal of who we are you're just trying to survive day-to-day -day. yeah it leaves you pretty broken and, yeah. and unhappy and unhealthy. Yeah, it does. It can, it can really create uh, even more chaos when you can't be who you are called to be. And in essence, I think that that's what, uh, you know, that's why I like this movie. It resonates with me because in a, in a way what it's reflective of is Christianity in America today. Well, what are some of the biblical themes that maybe tie into some of the things we're seeing here in this movie? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we can go through all of it in its essence, you know, Every member of, you know, the, the entire essence of Christianity, I guess, let's start there, is about Jesus, 100% about Jesus. It's about knowing who he is, what he's done, and what he's going to do in your life. And this is why the first four books of the New Testament are biographies on his life, you know, very mm. extensive writings on his life so that we can get to know him. On the one hand, they give us enough to, to come to know him, to know how he operates and what he wants to do in our lives. It's a, about a personal knowledge and a personal relationship, a personal understanding through faith in Jesus Christ. What's interesting though, is John in the last gospel, uh, in one of those final chapters, he says this, uh, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Mm. 
And what's really interesting is that when you go back through the last 2000 years, there is more literature about Jesus than any other thing in the world. Nothing even comes close. You know, the Bible is the number one bestseller in the world. Nothing even comes close to it. So it's really quite fascinating. But um, after that, the fifth book is the book of history. It's called Acts of the Apostles. And it basically records what happens uh, through the birth of the church. And that is once Jesus uh, rose and then went into heaven, ascended into heaven, you have about 30 year period of time that the book of Acts covers. Then what you do is you have about 21 letters that were written. And these letters are written to all the churches that were planted in the book of Acts. So that's why I always tell people, hey, if you want to get to just a good feel about Christianity is read the book of Luke, the gospel according to Luke, and then Mm -hmm. read the book of Acts. And that you read those two and it's going to give you a framework of, oh, now I kind of know what's going on and everything else seems to fall into place. It makes it a little more understandable. But uh, then finally, the book of Revelation is a, a book of prophecy. But you have 21 books, right, where are letters. And these letters are all about what happens uh, in once people become a part of this family of God. They're written to guide people and to correct them when they get off track. They all address very specific situations that these first century churches were facing. So when we read it, if you understand who the people were, that were getting the letter, the issue that they were facing and how they were working through it, then it helps you understand, oh, this is the points that he's trying to make. These are the upstream core value principles that are applicable to our lives today and flow into the downstream. So in essence, Christianity is all about Jesus. And when you know him, you become a part of his family. And what we have to realize is that it is the being a member of the church is the word church comes from ecclesia. It's a Greek word means those who have been called out. So we are unique people. We're special people because we are now a part of the church, the family of God. And just like the Incredibles, right? They were a part of the family because they all had special powers and they got those special powers because they were part of the family. Isn't that interesting how it goes back and forth? Yes. Well, and I, I mean, we see a great connection between which, what the Bible teaches and this movie where the Incredibles mm-hmm. are a family and what makes them part of the family is not only being born into it, but they also each have superpowers. I mean, we kind of also see some periphery people that are also part of the family. We see Frozone. Mm-hmm. Frozone, yeah. I mean, he's he's technically just a family friend, but it's like he's there when they need him, yeah, right? And he's so part it's of like, the family, It's yeah. a found family kind of a thing where it's like, they're not blood relations, but it's like he would die for them and he, they would die for him. And so yeah. it turns into something more because that's what pulls them together is this bond of this unique bond, these special gifts that they have. Yeah. And every member of the family of God has a spiritual gift. It says in Ephesians that when you came to believe the message of the gospel through faith, you received the kiss of the Holy spirit, a deposit given by God. Mm. So we have the Holy spirit deposited within us. We receive this gift. And what happens is this Holy spirit gives you a unique gift in first Corinthians chapter 12, 
Beginning with verse 12, it says, Now about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, I'm sorry, this is verse 1, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, meaning people who believed in multiple gods, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one who can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And this is not just a statement, you know, it's not a magical, oh, I could say Jesus is Lord. It means Jesus is my Lord. Mm. You can't say that unless you've been touched by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Holy Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So he's saying, look, your gift, your superpower is different than mine. Like in the Incredibles, you know, Mr. Incredible Dad, he's what? Super strong. You right. know, he's just super, super strong. Mom is what? Elastigirl. So she's super stretchy, right? right? And then the daughter, what? what is her? Invisibility? Invisibility, like in a yeah. force field thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, so she can kind of manipulate light or whatever. Right. And then the little guy, he, Dash. Dash, he's super fast, right? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the baby is Jack-Jack, and nobody has any idea. Idea. He does Jack all Jack, kinds I of things. Has all of the things. He has all kinds of crazy stuff. But what happens is in the church, we are all different. We've all been given a special gift. And in a way, it's a superpower because it's supernatural in its origin. Mm. And he goes on to say, verse seven, now to each one. So each person who's a member of the family, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given. So each of us has been given a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, which resides in us. And then he says this for the common good. So the reason why you and I have a spiritual superpower is for the common good of the family. It's not for ourselves. It's for the good of the family. So then he goes, now to one, there is given through the Holy Spirit, a message of wisdom to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to others speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another, an interpretation of these tongues. All of these are the work of the one and same Holy Spirit. He distributes them to each one just as he determines. You have a superpower. What happens to your family when you are influenced by these uh, superpowers builds it up and strengthens it. It's for the common good. But what happens when you are like the Incredibles and society comes along and tries to convince you or influence you to hide your special superpower, your special gift from the Holy Spirit? Well, guess what? Just like the family Incredibles, the family of God and you in your own personal family, it's bad. It's bad for you. It's bad for your family. No bueno for no one. You know, it's not good all around. Well, and we see what happens in the life of a person when they are lost or confused. It's easy to fall in despair or uh, a loss of hope when and, and live aimlessly and empty when you're being told that you have no value and Right. what you have to offer the world. I mean, these guys were out. I mean, Mr. and Mrs. Incredible or Elastigirl and um, all these superheroes were out using their gifts for the better good. Yes. Like we, that verse seven says to each one of you with the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. We They were using their powers for good. And then everyone yes. kept telling them, 
we don't want you to do that anymore. Stop doing that. Stop doing Stop that. Doing Stop doing that. that right. Doing that. Yep. And and you see how much that tears them apart. It just mm-hmm. destroys them. They yes. they turn into these mundane, passive creatures that are just miserable when yes. they can't use this gift that they've been entrusted with to help people. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, what are the well, I think I think there's a direct, yeah, I think there's a direct correlation to what it means to be a follower of Christ, and that is that in today's world, and I mean it's been this way for thousands of years. Peter, the apostle, wrote to the first century Christians, "Why are you guys so surprised about this persecution? Why are you, why are you shocked? There's a fiery ordeal. You know, Jesus, they just killed him." You know, so you thought hey, that was it. It was just going to be fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's not all you know unicorns and lollipops now in mm. a common theme in every single letter, all 21 letters that were written in the new Testament, whether it be from John or from Peter or from Paul or, or anybody else, guess what? They all contain a, uh, addressing of persecution mm. from outside groups. The world no longer wanted the incredibles, the superpowers of these people. And in every letter in the new Testament, the world did not want the redeemed power and spiritual gifts of the church. Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, he says, look, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. This is an extremely prevalent thing going on today. I mean, it is all over the place. A lot of people have told me that, uh, just recently I hear this a lot and that is, Oh, just be quiet. Pastor. You live in the greatest country in the world. The notion that Christians are being persecuted is absurd. You know, that's just not true. And I'm like, wake up McFly. Is anybody in there? (laughs) You know, here's another perfect example, a female Christian student from Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, okay, was told that she is not allowed to share her faith, right? She couldn't talk about Jesus because students accused her of harassment and discrimination. See, she was enrolled at SIUE's art therapy program. I'm not really sure what an art therapy program is, but this is graduate level stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've never been to graduate school, you know, for master's or doctorate, the whole point in graduate school is this. Our goal isn't to tell you what to think in order to be an expert. In order to be an expert in these areas, you know, to be able to get a doctorate or to be able to get a master's of it, you have to be able to learn new stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all about learning new stuff. It's all about how do you know that this is uh, stuff that you can learn? It's good data. It's been well-researched. It's been sourced. It's been proven. And how do you uh, incorporate that into your, your, your uh, Oculus or your opus of, of mind? How do you do that? And that's what it's all about. But that's not what's happening here. What they're, what they're doing here at this school is they told her, look, you cannot share your faith uh, or talk about any of your politics. And so uh, it, what she had to do is, even though she graduated, she said, look, I'm filing a, a lawsuit in U.S. federal court. Because what happens is, is that... Uh, uh, SIUE issued a no contact order against her 
They threatened her with disciplinary consequences if she violated the no contact order. And then what she did is the director of the program emailed all the students in the graduate program and basically defamed her and said she is under uh, investigation in light of allegations of misconduct and misconduct and oppressive acts. So, so somebody's accused of something. And what's really amazing to me in this situation is that they intentionally accused her of this. They use these vague things, mm-hmm. and then so now everybody in the program is like treat, treating her like a leper. They don't want anything to do with her because they don't know. Right. I mean, they don't know the situation. Well, then they dig into it and they found out. Oh, you mean she was just saying, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? I'd be glad to pray for you. Oh, see, when it's always, you know, the devil's in the details. And and oftentimes what happens is in these types of situations is people make these really broad false accusations. And what they do is they leave it intentionally vague mm-hmm. so that they can basically, oh, you're under investigation. What are they under investigation for? Well, you know. You could figure that out, I'm sure, all on your own. Well, see, what our, our society is very good at that. And it's very good at oppressing people who are Christians. And because the truth of the matter is, is that nobody really wants Christianity. And the reason why is because Christianity holds to an objective truth. It says in some situations, these things are always wrong no matter what. And our society hates that. They resent mm. that. Uh, our society hates the fact that there are things that we have that, that we have experienced and they resent that the notion that you can be freed from guilt, that you're, you can heal your past, that you can also find new meaning and purpose and a mission in life. There's a lot of people who are adults that have no meaning and have no purpose. And so instead of trying to uh, self-evaluate and say, wow, I really need this. I'm so lost. They don't do that. They just don't like you. Mm. And they don't like you because you show them the light and they are in the dark. And John says this is that the, the men were afraid of the light because the deeds done in darkness were exposed. Mm. And that's what's happening right now in our society. We're seeing, you know, during COVID, it was just really such a disruptor. And all these parents started to see what their kids were learning in their schools uh, because the kids were at home and they were like shocked Mm -hmm. and they had no idea this stuff was going on. And now they see it. These deeds, these teachings, these curriculums are all done in the darkness. Now they're being brought out to light. And so that is people are shocked that this was going on. And I've been trying to tell people for a long time, look, I'm not an alarmist. I'm not a guy, you know, walking around in, you know, an old trench coat with a sandwich board saying the end is near. But I'm also saying we need to think critically. We need to have critical thinking skills that allows us to discern the winds of the air. We understand the teachings. You know, I read in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 there, it says some people have the gift of discerning from spirit to spirit. And the word spirit to spirit there is not uh, like a demonic spirit. Mm. It's a teaching, you know. John brings this up in, in his first letter that he wrote the first book of John, where he says, test the spirits. In other words, test these teachings, these ideas, these ideologies, these concepts, and see whether they're from God or not. And that's what the salty pastor is predominantly doing is saying, we're here to help you test the spirits, test these ideologies to see if they are from God or not and employ them your 
self. So, so what happens, what do we do if we allow the world then back to the Incredibles, what's going to happen to us if we allow the world to force us into hiding? Um, is it a good thing for our faith? Is it a good thing for our family? Is it a good thing for the church? And is that a good thing for communities? You know, if we allow this oppressive, uh, rejection of people pursuing their religious commitment to Jesus in freedom, what happens, right? What ends up happening? Is that a good thing or a bad thing for us? Well, you need to decide that, but we hope that you can have the tools to figure it out. Absolutely. I mean, and we see what I think could be a potential version of that in this movie, right? We've yes. talked about that where it's, they're forced into hiding, they're forced to hide who they are and what they are and, and what they believe in. And we see the chaos and the depression and the hopelessness that that brings. So yes. I think that's something you have to look at for yourself, but this might be a good indicator of what could happen, right? Yeah. We're not going to say, you know, it's going to happen exactly like that, but I mean, it could be a good, I mean, they, they say art is usually there to try to help reflect truth. The best yes. art is usually. Yeah, the best art. Yeah. And so. I think that's something that's, you know, too, is that the, the church and this is my, uh, opinion that, that I think is not just a whimsical one. You know, mm -hmm. I feel it's educated. And that is one of my favorite lines in the movie is when, you know, he goes to the design, the designer, that gal who makes all of their Edna mode. Yeah. Edna makes all these, uh, costumes for him and all this kind of stuff. And Mr. Incredible, you know, is looking at it this new one. And he's like, man, these are so cool. He goes, all it needs is a cape. I really want a cape. But she looks at him and whacks it with ruler and goes, no caps, <laughs> no, caps. no caps. And it's so funny. And then they go through this montage, you know, of all these guys that had capes that ended up getting their cape got in the way. Right. right. And so and he's like, but I wanted it so cool. And what I, I see, what is so interesting and funny that resonates with me about that is one of the problems in today's America, America is celebrity Christianity. And that is, is that people want their Christianity to have a cape. Mm. They, they, they want it to be so cool and stuff. And they realize, look, Christianity isn't about looking cool. And it's not about looking hip and awesome. What it's all about is that you have this power and you're to steward it for the common good. And by doing that, your life will be infused with meaning and purpose. So please don't do it because it looks cool. You do it because you're called of God to know your gift and then express it according to his will and purpose by the grace that he's given you so that it can make a real difference in everybody else's life. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today, Pastor. Um, we kind of did a little bit of Bible study and application today because this is episode 199, which means... Thursday's episode is episode 200. So we're going to be doing our 200th episode celebration on Thursday. So make sure you guys tune in to celebrate with us. The reason we have 200 episodes is because of listeners and viewers like you. So we want you to join us for the celebration. We're going to have some stuff, talk about um, what's happened in the past 200 episodes and what's going to happen in the next 200 or so episodes. So um, we've got some updates. We're going to retell some stories, talk yes. about some behind the scenes stuff and just enjoy spending time talking about what this means to us and what we've heard it means to other people. So thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll see you on Thursday for the 200th episode. Spectacular. Spectacular. <laughs> <acular. laughs> Blessings.
Oh, 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 oh,